Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast presented by Big O Tires. It's Tuesday, January 7th, and on today's episode, previewing the Chiefs-Texans divisional round playoff game on Sunday, we head to Houston. Well, I, I mean, I didn't go to Houston, but we spoke with Aaron Reese, who covers the Houston Texans for The Athletic. If that name sounds familiar, it should. Aaron covered Missouri for the Star before heading back to his hometown. We talked about the team's first meeting at Arrowhead Stadium, won by the Texans in October. Also, we covered Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, and other keys to Sunday's game. After a break, you'll hear from Texans coach Bill O'Brien, who spent part of his lunch hour today speaking with members of the media from Kansas City who cover the Chiefs. It's a weekly ritual. Andy Reid will speak to Houston media on Wednesday. Today, you'll hear what O'Brien had to say about Sunday's game and the Chiefs. But first, here's Aaron Reese. Aaron, how you doing, my friend? I'm very good. Glad to be joining you. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you had some time today. Um, for our listeners uh, who may need a reminder, let me take you through your career path here. You, you're a Houstonian. You grew up in Houston. I, I did. And could not find a college uh, that could meet your intellectual needs, so you went to Mizzou. For your, journalist, right. for your journalistic endeavors. Um, As people do to be challenged intellectually, yeah. <laughs> right. And, um, and, of course, you reached the peak of your career right out of college, coming to work for the Kansas City Star. And, Absolutely. Um, but then missed Texas and Houston so much that you had to return to uh, the native land. And you, are, you have been with The Athletic for a couple of football seasons now, covering the Houston Texans. Have I got that about right? That's uh, that's all right. Yeah, it's been a it's been a, it's been a good time, and uh, you know I've been I've been fortunate that the uh, you know both teams I've covered obviously have uh, have made the playoffs, and uh, you know have uh, have one of the most exciting quarterbacks in football. So uh, could be could be worse. Could be worse, and you do have one of the most exciting quarterbacks in football to cover, in Deshaun Watson, who was just remarkable. In the final, I would say, starting with about about three or four minutes left in the third quarter, on through the fourth quarter and the overtime period against the Buffalo Bills in the uh, AFC Wild Card round game on Saturday, he he was amazing. But uh, he was also amazing in Week Six at Arrowhead Stadium when Houston came up and played the Chiefs, beating the Chiefs thirty-one twenty-four. I got to tell you, Aaron, that one of the storylines in Kansas City is the number of Chiefs who did not play in that game who will be available for Sunday's divisional round game. But I'm wondering from your perspective, what was what's different about Houston um, from week six going into, into Sunday's game? Yeah, uh, you know, a couple of things. I think uh, for one, in, in that game, uh, the Texans lost uh, their first-round pick, rookie first-round pick, Titus Howard, the starting right tackle. Uh, he partially tore his MCL. And then he came back uh, a couple weeks later uh, because, you know, these these guys are superhumans. Uh, and that's, you know, they're able to do that. So he came back a few weeks later, but he wasn't quite himself. Uh, and they eventually put him on IR. So since then, they've had a... a They've had guys rotating at right tackle, uh, kind of a weird situation. They've had Chris Clark, who's more of a veteran, and then a guy who I think is a little more upside, Rod Johnson. He's also played some right tackle for them, uh, and they'll they'll you know they'll change out series to series. Uh, it's not necessarily a your turn than my turn, kind of just how Bill O'Brien sees fit. Uh, and so, at, just as a result, I mean the the offensive line obviously is better than it was a year ago, but. Uh, it has taken a bit of a dip in the later half of the season, um, just because uh, they've had they've had some issues there, and, and that that right side is a little more exploitable than it was uh, when when Howard was there, because he was he was pretty good. I mean, he uh, 
You know, he, he was out of Alabama State, and some people questioned the pick uh, immediately after it happened. But he proved to be, uh, you know, a pretty strong, uh, strong pick and have a pretty good rookie year when he was healthy. So that's one difference. And then the other key difference I would say is uh, the secondary looks quite a bit different. Um, you know, the week after they played the Chiefs, they went to the Colt. They played in Indianapolis against the Colts, uh, and Jacoby Brissett uh, tore him up. And not only tear him up, but they they dealt with quite a few injuries in that game. So they kind of then after that refigured. Re- reconfigured their secondary they uh traded for gary on conley from the raiders uh first round pick just a few seasons ago they got him for a third round pick before a week before the trade deadline uh and he's been really good since he came to houston a lot much better than he was in oakland he has 10 pass breakups since coming to houston he had just one during the first uh seven games with the, with the raiders um and then they also picked up vernon hargraves uh, another first round pick uh from the Bucks, who they cut, who cut him, uh, and you know he's he hasn't been quite as good as Conley, but uh, they feel pretty good about the, the top three corners they have on that team now. Bradley Roby, who suffered a, a hamstring injury in that Chiefs game that kept him out for a while, but he's healthy now, uh, and then Conley and Hargraves, and you know, and behind them uh, at safety, they they put their starting safety Tayshawn Gibson uh, on IR recently uh, to make room for JJ Watt. And, uh, you know, he's kind of takes pride in being a, a tight end defender, so they won't have him against Travis Kelsey. And, and then they lost uh, their backup safety, uh, Jaleel Aday. He hasn't been ruled out for this game yet, but he was hobbling around in the locker room on Monday. So if he doesn't play, it's going to be a uh, 38-year-old Mike Adams as the safety next to Justin Reed. Uh, and then the backup, if, if one of them goes down, is a guy named A.J. Mark, who is basically a special teams player. He hasn't played more than uh, 11 defensive snaps all season, and mostly is when he has played on defense, has been kind of as a situational blitzer. So I think that that's something that could be a problem for the Texans if, if they have more injuries. I mean, this Chiefs defense, or offense, obviously, can you know cause a bunch of chunk plays really quickly it can it can for sure now jj watt of course played in the game at arrowhead but it was a couple of games later that he tore the pectoral muscle and was feared to be gone for the the remainder of the season including the postseason but you know what i tuned on uh tuned into that game on saturday and there he was old jj watt (laughs) and i thought he had a i thought his sack after after the bills went up 16 to nothing even though or i thought it was 13 to nothing held him to a field goal i believe on that possession but was a huge kind of momentum shift play did did you get that sense as well Oh yeah, absolutely, and and all the all the players said that too. I mean, you know, uh, the stadium just kind of came back to life. Uh, I think if, if the Bills score a touchdown there, you probably uh, see some fans in Houston head to the exits, uh, and just because that's kind of the way the fan base is here and stuff. But you know, so I think holding them to a field goal gave them some life, and then Deshaun Watson kind of said, you know, after the game, all we needed was some sort of spark, and that gave us the spark. And you know, they went downfield after that, and they, you know, they obviously, of course. Uh, they start their their 16 point comeback and that eventually goes to overtime and then they win it. So no, I mean it was it was huge and and I think just generally the pass rush after that came to life. I mean they they really got after Allen in the fourth quarter and and he obviously uh, helped helped their cause a little bit with some boneheaded mistakes. But um, no, I mean his his presence on the field just in general was was massive for them. And in the fourth quarter he played basically every snap uh, and you know he's he's drawn double teams, draw, commanding extra attention and and you know freeing up other guys to make plays. And I think that's the biggest thing is even if he doesn't necessarily hit Mahomes on on you know on Sunday and I imagine he will some but even if he isn't you know wrecking the the Chiefs game plan he at least can you know create opportunities for other guys and without him they really I mean they had the worst pass rush in the league there's really no other way to look at it. they really struggled to create any pressure without him so uh I, I think Watts will oh he's a he's always a factor and I, he will be on Sunday uh Deshaun Watson that the play that he made where he 
I guess avoided is the is technically the right word, but he escaped the sack <laughs> and completed the pass to Jones to set up the game-winning field goal. That was that was just pure amazing uh, on my part. And I heard Bill O'Brien say earlier this week, he as as much as he liked the play, he he's seen better from Deshaun Watson. So my question to you is, what's the Deshauniest play that you've seen in the two years that you've covered the the Texans? Yeah, you know, I would I would argue that I would go with the same one that O'Brien went with, which is when he got kicked in the face and was adjusting his helmet and had like one eye closed, and he threw the, the game winning touchdown against, uh, against, against against the Raiders, right? Yeah, yeah, the game went the game when Watt went out with it, it was Peck. I mean, so that that to me is one. Uh, another one, uh, which is it's kind of funny to to think about now when you consider uh, the you know the way that 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 play to Taiwan Jones went in that overtime and two guys wrapped him up and he escapes and whatever. Um, you know, he threw a touchdown against the Colts that they called back, but he had basically the Colts had him down by one ankle. And he's like kind of falling to the ground and hopping to like, you know, kind of stay up like when someone has, you know, their, their foot's caught under, a, you know, something. And and uh, and he's able to throw a touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins. And they called that one back and, you know, ruled that he was already down, uh, which it was kind of a weird call. But anyway, I mean, th- either of those two, and th- I think it's just, you know, Mahomes is similar, obviously, in terms of the improvisational nature. But I think what's really amazing is just like the amount of hits this guy can take. And he played another game this year, and he was never really in doubt for any single game. And you know, last year, obviously, he took a bus to a game in Jacksonville. So he's he's incredibly tough, and uh, and his style for however long uh, it, it works for him now, at least in terms of uh, his body being able to hold up. Yeah, he he is amazing. I I covered uh, is his uh, college championship game against Alabama, and he was just incredible there. And uh, the the look the 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 whole. You know, 2017 draft story's been written and rewritten, and we all know what happened there. But I think that the Chiefs and the Texans are very, very satisfied with who they ended up drafting um, in the 10th and the 12th picks that year. And look, this is just another in a series of, of games between the Chiefs and the Texans, and I would throw the Ravens in there as well with Lamar Jackson that I think will define the AFC, uh, at least at the quarterback position, perhaps for the first or the next few years. I heard, again, I go back to what I heard Bill O'Brien say. I thought it was an interesting answer when he was asked about it um, earlier this week that uh, he's he's not ready to dismiss the Tom Brady's and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees just yet. But there's God, I just get a I just get a feeling that we're looking at the the next generation of quarterbacks in these AFC playoffs. Yeah, no, no, I, I absolutely agree, and I think uh, you know Brady and Brees, lo- you know, losing early. I think that uh, it only furthers kind of that narrative or, or that feeling, and it'll be really exciting to see these two guys get to face off again. I, you know, especially Mahomes being at uh, full health this time compared to when they played in Week Six. That's right. Hey, uh, you know, so because you were covering the Texans last season, you got to know Taran Ter- Matthew a little bit. What uh, he has been uh, an amazing difference maker for the Chiefs this year. What do you remember about covering him and his? Imp- in the uh, in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, in terms of covering him, uh, it was great because I'm sure you've you've seen this too, Blair. I mean, you can you can go up to that guy anytime after he's done kind of already a scrum with reporters, or you know, any day of the week after he's already talked on Wednesday, he'll talk to you on Thursday, and uh, and he'll fill up your notebook with, with useful stuff and explain things. So, I mean, as a reporter, he's kind of like uh, he's kind of like the, the dream in terms of someone you want to have on on the team you cover. Uh, and then, you know, in terms of the impact on the defense, I think uh, tremendous impact. I mean, all the all the Texans defensive backs still speak highly of him and and kind of what he was able to do here in a year. And, and really just, you know, in a few games, 
um, he was he was a leader for the team and he was he was a captain, uh, you know, in the photo uh, captain during training camp. It was his only season in Houston. So I think that kind of speaks to um, what people thought of him here and, and the impact he had. And uh, they definitely missed his versatility. Uh, and, you know, I think they aren't necessarily regretting that they didn't pay him that, that super high price. But I think fans at least miss him considering that the Texans had the, the space to afford him and just opted not to pay him that much. There you go. OK, Aaron, so what's going to happen on, on Sunday? How do, you, how do you see this game unfolding? And, uh, and, and what do the Texans need to do to, to come out of Arrowhead Stadium with a victory? Uh, you know, I think, I think the key for them is really uh, getting off to a hot start, which is uh, incredibly difficult, <laughs> been incredibly difficult for them all year. I mean, it, you know, as funny as this is, that A.J. McCarron, who started in Week 17, uh, he's the only quarterback to lead them on a opening possession touchdown this year. Uh, they otherwise on all their other opening possessions managed just two field goals the rest of the season. They've averaged, I think it's 0.98 points per drive in the first quarter. So they really get off to slow starts. So you remember that game in week six or week six, I think they got down 17, three to the chiefs um, or maybe it might've been 17, zero, but I mean, they, you know, they, they got off to a slow start in that game. And obviously they were able to come back then. I don't imagine though, that they can come back uh, against this chiefs team an arrowhead in a playoff environment uh, with a more, with the, you know, a, a better Chiefs team, a more healthy Chiefs team. And if they get down early, then they're not able to kind of take advantage of what appears to be the one weakness in this in this Chiefs defense, which is defending the run. Uh, and if you remember that last game, Carlos Hyde kind of ran all, all over them. And, and just in general, the Texans used a bunch of RPOs and just uh, gashed the, the Chiefs run defense. So I think, you know, they need to be able to at least keep the game close the whole time. They can't really get down early because if they get down early and get away from running the ball, then that's going to make things incredibly difficult for them. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, as good as Carlos Hyde was in that game, the guy I was really impressed with on Saturday was Duke Johnson. Um, he was just, he was just seemed to be, he didn't touch the ball much, but when he did, he was pretty effective. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, Texans fans have been kind of maddened all year by how little Duke Johnson has been involved or his inconsistent usage because he has been an incredibly efficient player for them. Of the, I, I looked this up this today for something I'm writing. Of the running backs that are left in the playoffs, he leads all of them in uh, yards per touch average on the season. I think he's at 6.8 yards per touch. And then in that game against uh, the Bills, he averaged 11.3 yards per touch, three catches, three rushes. Uh, and that was his season high uh, in terms of that. So he, he's been an incredibly effective player for them. Uh, and O'Brien, the thing is that O'Brien doesn't really view him as a lead back, even though he traded a, a third round pick for him. Him and him and Carlos Hyde have split the snaps basically evenly. Uh, Carlos being more of the runner and Duke more of the guy catching passes out of the backfield. Um, but O'Brien, O'Brien really likes him not so much as a lead guy, but more more of someone who can kind of give him versatility and game planning. And in terms of you know a game a team like the Chiefs who defend deep passes pretty well, you know he can be a guy who can give you efficient yards uh, near the line of scrimmage in the passing game. So I think this could be a big game for him. Uh, because of kind of how the Chiefs defense is oriented. Although, on the other hand, I know, you know, Juan Thornhill is out, and I wonder what that's going to do to affect um, the the Texans' game plan. So, Aaron Reese, that's why we have you on, so I could steal, <clears throat> uh, borrow information from you like that. That was, that was a great stat. So, hey, Aaron, great talking to you. I appreciate you coming on with us. And when we come back, you will hear from Houston Texans coach Bill O'Brien, who met members of the Kansas City media on a teleconference earlier today. If your steering wheel has more traction than your actual tires, that's a big O-no. Thankfully... 
For all your car's big O knows, there's always a big O yes. Now through February 2nd, buy three, get one free on select sets of four Aspen Touring AS or Mesa AP2 brand tires with paid installation purchase. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Disposal fees extra and up to 10% shop fee based on non-discounted regular retail price not to exceed $35 were permitted. See store for pricing. Eligibility may vary. Not valid with other offers. At participating locations, no cash value. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, Coach. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Hey, I'm well, thanks. How surprised are you at how fast uh, J.J. Watt was able to return? And it also... The, the fact that he actually had an impact on the game um, from a torn pectoral this past weekend. Yeah, I've been around JJ for six years now, so I, it would be hard to ever use the word surprise. You know what I mean? I think he, um, you know, his work ethic, um, you know, the, the way that he takes care of his body, you know, relative to everything, you know, nutrition and proper amount of sleep and. You know, obviously the workouts and things like that. So, I, you know, look, I think at the end of the day, he he, uh, he did a great job in the rehab process. and uh, He passed several, several tests uh, to be able to come back to practice and then eventually come back to the game. And then I think anytime he's on the field, you know, he's a, he's a great player. And a two-part question here, Coach. What are some of the attributes that make for a good pass defense? And when you look at the Chiefs' pass defense now, how much of your criteria applies to them? Yeah, you know, in order to have a good pass defense, you've got to have really what the Chiefs have, and that's really, you know, great guys that can rush the passer. And uh, Frank Clark and, you know, Chris Jones and Suggs and, you know, those guys up up front. And then, uh, you know, obviously the corners and the safeties with with Badger and, and Breland and the corners, Fuller, that can, that can play – you know, coverage behind it, and then the scheme. You know, Coach uh, Spagnuolo's scheme is just a very, very difficult scheme to get ready for, and uh, so it's a big challenge. And the Chiefs have all those, all those criteria. Hey, Coach, you mentioned Honey Badger. What What did you learn about Tyron Matthew last year, and, and how difficult was it to defeat him, lead the team for the Chiefs in the offseason? Yeah, it was hard. It was hard. He's a, uh, he's a great guy. Um, he's got awesome leadership qualities. Uh, you know, really instinctive, good football player. Cares about the team. Cares about his teammates. But you know, that's the NFL. You know, in the NFL. You know, every team has a sal- salary cap to deal with, and you know, every player has the ability once they reach free agency to 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 do what's best for them and their family and. Uh, you know, we have a ton of respect for, for Honey Badger. He he, uh, he did a great job for us last year. Bill, um, 
Pat Mahomes got some playoff experience a couple games last year, and now Deshaun has a couple games under his belt. Do you feel like a quarterback playoff experience is more important than any other position, or is it just like any other position in that regard? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that. You know, I agree with you. I think a quarterback, uh, based on the speed of the game and, you know, at every level of the NFL season, the speed of the game ramps up. So preseason to regular season to the playoffs to the championship game to the Super Bowl, you know, the speed ramps up. So I think a quarterback, you, if you have that experience of having a couple playoff games under your belt, you know, you have, you, you're, you understand what that is. And that's, so I think, uh, I do think that's important at that position. Anything you can point to in last week's game, uh, that, that Deshaun did maybe later in the game that you could say, all right, maybe this is because he has that little bit of uh, experience under his belt at this time of year? Yeah, I think, I think that, uh, you know, I just think, you know, basically the last, let's just call it 20 minutes of the game, um, into the third, into the fourth, I think he was 10 for 11, uh, you know, passing game wise, and he, and he was, he was doing a good job at a running game. So I think he played with great poise and great effort, and he was able to lead us to victory. Coach, when you have a quarterback that can make the kind of plays that, uh, Deshaun makes with his legs, uh, is that a difficult, I mean, certainly it's great to have that, but also sometimes he can run himself, uh, into some mistakes. Uh, what is it you have to do to try to, maximize the benefit of that athleticism while also minimizing uh, the things, the, uh, the negative things that can come about? I think that's a really fine line. I think it's a great question. I think it's a very fine line. I don't think that you want to, uh, you know, and I don't want to speak for Coach Reed or, you know, I don't think, I just speak for myself, but I think when you have guys like Deshaun and Patrick, you, you just don't want to overcoach them. You know, you, they have such great instincts. They see the field very well. And, and with Deshaun Watson, I mean, you know, yeah, you, you might be able to point out a couple of things, but this guy is, uh, you know, has got a huge heart and he's trying to do what's best for the team. He's trying to win games and you just don't want to overcoach that. You know, you can point some things out and make sure he understands, you know, what we're asking him to do for the team. But over, other than that, you just you got to let him go play. Coach Patrick said during the draft process that he thought he had a really good rapport with you and, and had some really positive conversation. What do you remember about Patrick and going through the draft and talking to him? And how have you seen the things you learned manifest themselves so far in his career? Yeah, just uh, he, he was just a great guy. Uh, had a lot of enthusiasm. Really smart. Really easy to talk to. Uh, loves football. You know, we had him up here. I, I met him, uh, at the, I believe, at the combine, and then we had him here, uh, you know, for a pre-draft visit. And, um, you know, just a really impressive guy. Coach, um, I know the old adage in football was you had to run to win, period, at any time. That still seems to be kind of uh, maybe a popular opinion of people that you have to be able to run to win in the playoffs, to win uh, when it gets colder, when the weather gets worse, particularly playing, obviously, outside. Um, how, how do you react when you hear you have to run the ball to win playoff football? I, the way that I react to that is I, I do, you know, look, I, I do have a strong belief in, in the running game, I also have a strong belief in making sure you're doing what you think is best for your offense versus what you believe you're going to see defensively. 
And so I think, like, in the end, it's more about, okay, you know, we have a game plan. We go into the game. Okay, how is this game plan working? I mean, if you look at our game last weekend, our game plan going into the game against Buffalo wasn't working very well, you know. So we had to make some adjustments, and we did, and finally we broke through on some plays. So I think it's and, – and so some of that involves running, some of that involves passing. I mean, you know, some teams may – they may not let you run the ball. It's very difficult to run the ball in this league. Uh, so I think, you, you, you know, you have to do as good a job as you can to try to stay balanced, and, and then you have to take what the defense gives you, and you have to, you know, be able to adjust and, and be ready to make changes if need be. Hey, hey Bill, um, I know you mentioned uh, understanding or trying to get a grasp of Spagnuolo's uh, scheme and system, especially with these new players. Because you guys caught them around week six or week seven, I believe, um, it was a, you know it appears that they were still trying to figure things out just as much as you were game planning for what they had shown. Um, with that, how much of that do you think has changed from when you previously seen them to maybe the last six games out there on their win streak? And how much of Tyron's role has sort of evolved or transformed from when you saw him on tape maybe in September to where you're seeing him now in December? I think that over the course of a season, because it's it's a long season that, you know, the season is divided up into kind of, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, but it's divided, divided up into quarters. And so I think if you look at the first quarter of the season, the second, you know, the first four games, the second four games, so I think when, by the time you get to this point, you know, any any team that's left has done a couple of different things, right? They've improved a lot, um, and, and they they stayed relatively healthy. I think injuries are a big deal, and I think the Chiefs, for the most part, have done a great job of managing their roster and being healthy. You know, when we played them in back in this week six or whatever it was, you know, they didn't have Chris Jones, you know. There were other players that weren't in there, and, and uh, Tyreek Hill was just back from a shoulder injury, you know, and so now you have a team that's fully healthy, and I think they've done a good job. I think that's a big factor in, in winning seasons, you know, and so I think the fact that you're out there and you're improving every week and then you're, you're, you're doing a good job of keeping your team healthy, you know, I think that leads to different teams from October, let's just say, to where we are now, if that makes sense. You heard uh, Andy Reid say after games, you know, whether it was a loss or maybe just certain situations where the other team got the better of them, where he'll just say, "Yeah, they got us there." Now it's kind of a tip of the cap to the uh, to the opposing team that, oh, listen, everybody's good in this league. How often uh, in your mind do you face that situation where you just have to, you know, sit back and say, "Okay, they got us." You know, they're they're good too. Um, You know, obviously you don't want that to happen at all. The reality is, you know, the other team's good as well. How many times do you find yourself, you mentioned Buffalo, having to kind of change with what they did. How often do you find yourself just having to kind of tip your cap and say, all right, let's get back to work and adjust and try to overcome it? Yeah, I think that's a great point that uh, Coach Reed makes, and that's why he's one of the best to do it. I, I think that every week in this league is a huge challenge and that you're trying to do the best you can for your team to put, put your players and your units in the best position to to try to win and to try to play complimentary football. And, and sometimes it doesn't work out, you know. And so I think the biggest thing about our team this year is, you know, we've had some games that weren't great, and then we've had 11 games that were decent, but they've all been battles. 
And I think that this team that we have here plays 60 minutes or whatever it takes. I think they play a next play mentality. And I think that's the type of mentality that the Chiefs have. You know, they, they, maybe they, maybe there's a bad play during a game or whatever, but they're going to line up. They're going to play the next play. And you're going to be in a 60 minute battle. And I think that's what we are. And that's why it should be you know, a good game on Sunday because you've got two teams that, you know, are going to fight and scratch to the end to try to win the game. Hey, Coach, so with Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson still alive in the playoffs, how much, in your opinion, are we officially seeing a changing of the guard or a passing of the torch among the older QBs to this younger crop? You know, I don't know. I, I, I think I've been asked that question a lot, you know, and, uh, you know, I have a pretty unique perspective because uh, I was fortunate enough to coach Tom Brady in New England and now coaching Deshaun. So, look, I think look, I think that 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 uh, when you look at Brady and Breeze and Aaron Rodgers and Roethlisberger and all these great players that have been playing for you know ten, fifteen, twenty years, I mean, you're you're talking about players that have really uh, done an unbelievable job of setting a great example for you know the younger quarterbacks in this league. Deshaun and Patrick and Lamar and, and, every, and everybody else that's, that's you know played in two three years, and so until those guys actually retire, I don't think any torches are passed. You know what I mean? And I don't see those guys really getting ready to retire anytime soon. So I think it's just a unique league. It's a great league, uh, and you have a great mixture of veteran quarterbacks with these young guys that are just awesome players that love football and try to help their teams win. Okay, thank you for the time, Coach. Appreciate it. That'll do it for today. Links to Chiefs coverage can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and the Red Zone Extra app. Thanks to Derek Donovan for producing today's episode. Leave us a review or comment where you can do that. We like hearing from you. And we'll be back on Wednesday for another episode of Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.